Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. Today is such a great episode. This is one for anyone who has experienced heartbreak that they have turned into something beautiful or anyone who's going through a tough breakup right now and needs hope, needs a sign that they're going to be okay, that their person is out there. This is also for anyone who has tried to be friends with an ex and it's for anyone who has things that they want to communicate to the person they're dating or fears that they have or anxieties that they have and they haven't taken that jump yet to express those because I know it can be so scary but today's guest has done such an incredible job at doing that and I'm so inspired by her and she has done an incredible job of turning her pain and, and her heartbreak and her experiences into something so beautiful. So all that being said, today's guest is Emily Rule. Emily is so talented. She is a writer, producer, an actress, a model. She has a short film called Blue Moon, which is a love story that takes place in one night and it follows two women through Los Angeles as they explore the depths of themselves and one another. It is really a kind of snapshot of how vulnerability can turn into magic and how sometimes we feel like the world is trying to make us fit into a box or make us feel like we have to be a certain way or we have to kind of show a certain part of ourselves off, especially when we date. And there's so much power in just being yourself and being who you are. And Blue Moon was actually inspired by somebody that Emily dated, who we will refer to as Mr. Blue Moon. Um, so we're going to hear all about that. She also has a short film that she is working on that is not out yet, but it will be sometime soon called 13th Stepping. And it tells the story of a woman going to her first AA meeting and it's so raw. There's so much emotion in it. It is so impressive and I can't wait for you guys to see them all. I have Blue Moon linked in the show notes and I will keep you updated on when you can see 13th Stepping. And there is some really exciting stuff coming with both of those that Emily will talk about. So really, really amazing human. I am so excited for you guys to hear everything that she has to say. There's so much to learn from her and from this episode. Also, I kind of just want to mention, so today's my birthday. I turn 28 today, which is really crazy to me, but very exciting. I definitely feel really proud of where I am and like I've come such a long way and, you know, younger me would be really proud at the 28 year old that I am. I always remember being younger and wondering like what I was going to look like, what I was going to act like, what I was going to be doing when I was older. And it's definitely scary um, getting older. And the fact that I'm 28 now, I'm like, okay, I can't even pretend to say that I'm in my mid twenties anymore. Like I am in my late twenties and that is crazy. But um, I just, I feel really grateful and I feel really lucky to have all of you here and to have this community and to, you know, have found the thing that I love to do. And Trust me, that's not to say every day of 27 was easy by any means. There was a lot of stress. There was a lot of tears. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of question marks. And I think that's okay. You know, that's part of life. But at the end of the day, I just feel really, really lucky. And I actually did something different for my birthday this year where usually I feel so much pressure to, you know, have a birthday thing and invite everyone and have it be something that's so convenient for people and easy for people so they don't have to, you know, go too far out of their way or, you know, spend a lot of money at a birthday dinner or whatever it is. 
I feel like there's so much stress surrounding my birthday every year. And so this year, maybe like a month ago, I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not doing anything for my birthday this year. And there were definitely moments over the last few days where I was like, shit, like, I don't really have my friends like celebrating my birthday. Like, fuck, why don't people want to like take me out or like ask me if I want to go out this weekend? It's like, no, I literally told my friends like, guys, I'm not doing anything for my birthday this year. And I'm really happy about that. And so there were definitely moments where I'm like, oh my God, I have no friends and nothing to do to celebrate. But then I was like, no, this is my choice. And this is a choice I was really happy with. And I, you know, I went out to dinner um, with Jake on Friday at this restaurant, One If By Land, which is a place that my parents sent us to basically for our 100th date. And it's this whole big tasting menu. And it's known to be one of the most romantic restaurants in the world. And it was such a perfect perfect dinner. Um, except, you know, to any, uh, football fans or Jets fans out there, as you know, Zach Wilson got a little injured on Friday while we were at our meal. So we did spend most of our dinner, you know, crossing our paws and and praying and hoping (laughs) we don't pray, um, that Zach Wilson would be okay, but it was funny and it made it memorable. And the food was incredible. And, you know, I spent this weekend actually trying to relax. I went to a Pilates class. I, read I read 200 pages of Malibu Rising and I'm almost done and I'm so excited it is such a good book it's by Taylor Jenkins Reid she also did The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo which I read previously and I didn't even mean to read them back to back I didn't know that they were by the same author um but so that was really relaxing and I'm really proud that I got to like sit down and actually relax and you know took Barkley to the dog park and it was really wonderful. So again, I'm just feeling really grateful. And yeah, and tonight I'm going out to dinner with my family, which will be really nice. Um, my brothers both don't live here. I have two older brothers, if you guys don't know, Andrew and Brian. Brian is two years older than me and Andrew is four years older than me. And they both don't live in New York. And as you know, my parents also moved to Florida. They've been around in New York City for most of the summer, but our whole family being together is really rare and I really cherish those moments. So the fact that we're all actually going to be in New York um, on my birthday is really nice. So we're going out to dinner at a place that is really, really yummy and delicious. And we've been there for my dad's birthday too. And so it's just a, you know, special occasion place. And I feel really happy to be doing that. So I'm excited. And last week, Kerwin and I went to Charleston together. She's actually not doing bridesmaids for her wedding, which is really interesting to me. So backstory for anyone who doesn't know, Kerwin is my best friend from college. We met on the first day of freshman year. We were on the same floor and, you know, we lived together in college. We lived together after college. We've come a long way and I'm actually officiating her wedding in September. But yeah, she's not having bridesmaids. Her sister is her maid of honor. And other than that, like she didn't do a bachelorette party either. And I thought that was a really interesting decision. But what I've actually noticed is that all of her friends, because there wasn't like a forced thing that everybody had to do and had to show up for and spend money for and go away for, all of her friends have actually like rallied individually to do things for her. So like her group of coworker friends, like through her little mini bachelorette day, her like group of college friends through her mini bachelorette day. Like I, me and her ended up going to Charleston together. And it actually seems like a really great way to just like celebrate love and your friendships and stuff without, you know, a $3,000 72 hour weekend where you're getting on a plane and going to clubs and these outrageous, ridiculous dinners. So we had a really great time in Charleston. We did this awesome kayak tour and saw some dolphins and saw like thousands 
thousands of oysters, which was interesting, and a ton of cool birds, and, you know, went out and just, like, danced our way through the bars on King Street and ate a lot of good food and just had, like, a silly us time, and it was really great. Now I'm happy to be back in New York and happy to be celebrating 28 and perfect timing that an episode's coming out today. This episode is amazing. Emily is really so incredible. And yeah, I have been loving talking to you guys more. I've noticed a lot more of you have been signing up for emotional support human sessions and dating app profile revamps. If you don't know what those are, emotional support human sessions, you guys can book a half hour of my time. We will get on Zoom or Google Meet together. You can tell me exactly what's going on in your dating life or your relationship that you want to talk about. If there's a specific problem you're having, a specific question you're having, something you just want to vent about, you know, sometimes we want a fresh perspective or we don't really feel comfortable talking to our friends about certain things or we want a different opinion um, or you guys want my you know dating expertise so I'm happy to offer that to you guys in my emotional support human sessions and of course I have my dating app profile revamps so if you think your dating app profile needs a facelift I got you covered and we will revamp your prompts your photos your bio your preferences we'll take a look at you know different behaviors you are doing on the apps and if they're serving you or if you could be improving so those are all linked in the show notes if you want to sign up and and if you don't really want to sign up for those, but you are just feeling like, you know, Alana's really helped me or has kept me company or has helped me get through a, a tough time or something that she said really made a difference and resonated with me and you are feeling generous and want to buy me a coffee, that is now an option and that is linked in the show notes as well. Um, you can just buy me a coffee for five bucks or, you know, two coffees if you want, three coffees, whatever. Uh, no pressure at all. Um, I just know sometimes you guys have reached out and said like, how can I help support you? And I feel really weird because in a way it's like, I don't want to be asking for money, but I've seen a lot of creators that I really respect and support do this. And um, I felt really awesome being able to, you know, give back to them. So thought, why don't I give it a go? So you can buy me a coffee. Um, realistically, I will use it to buy a Magnolia cupcake or a miso soup or something else that makes me smile and feel a little bit relaxed and happy in my day. So thank you guys so much. And, and thank you for being on this journey with me. Obviously, this is a little emotional, long, drawn out intro, just feeling you know, some types of ways with my birthday right now. So just love you all so much. And let's get into this episode with Emily. Thanks to Athletic Greens for sponsoring this episode. I'm so excited to tell you about their product, AG1, that I now use every day. As a lot of you know, I've been struggling with my health lately. Between tummy issues and my immune system always failing me, I've been searching high and low for a solution. All of my friends have been raving about AG1, so I finally tried it myself. And oh my God, you guys, this stuff is a game changer. So what is it? AG1 is a powder supplement. With one scoop, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food-sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. And if you're traveling every weekend this summer like me, you can take their to-go travel pack so you're getting the benefits of AG1 on the go. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. Plus, it's cheaper than getting all different supplements yourself. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, and it's pretty clear why. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs of AG1 with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash SOP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash SOP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash SOP for seeing other people to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
And we are here with Emily Rule. Emily, I am so, so excited to have you. Welcome to Seeing Other People. Thank you for having me. So I am very excited for this conversation. Not only are you a writer, a producer, an actress, a model, and seemingly an amazing person, um, but you have such a talent for taking dating and relationship and heartbreak experiences and turning them into like a beautiful piece of work and using them to inspire like what you create. And that's kind of how I ended up doing seeing other people. So I'm really excited to get into all of that. Can you give us a little background on where you're currently at in your life and what's going on in your life career wise and dating wise right now? Okay, so career wise, there's lots of things going on. So I have Blue Moon, it was a short that I wrote and directed. And now I'm in the midst of signing a writer to turn that into a feature length film. So we're going to write that into a film where she is um, and, uh, and then sell that to a larger studio. So Blue Moon can be a movie and hopefully a trilogy is the kind of general, the general plan. And then there's also 13 Stepping, which is a short film slash proof of concept for a TV show that I'm going to develop that I also act in. That's also kind of 60 to 70% based on who I was as a teenager and my relationship with substances. And it's been very cathartic and healing. Um, but it, whilst making those projects, I also started a production company called Public School Pictures, which we're developing both of those projects underneath. Um, so I have those two things going. And then there's a few other scripts I'm going to option. And then I'm executive producing a few different things. We also have a merch division. So I kind of run a clothing company. I also just decided to start auditioning again. So that's happening. So there's lots of things going on in my day. Um, when do you sleep? I, it's actually, I called my mom right before I was talking to you. And I was like, cause my mom is a lawyer and a businesswoman. And I was like, when do you find time to sleep? And she's like, you kind of just don't, but she's like, because you're doing what you love, it gives you energy to power through the day. Um, but I actually probably hopefully can take a nap this afternoon. I'm like, fingers crossing. I'll have like an hour. Um, I want that for you. <laughs> thank you. And then dating wise. So like, a couple months ago, maybe like three or four months ago, I was dating somebody. It was, it was the shortest relationship I've ever had. It was 10 days. Um, and then he kind of, I felt a little whiplashed and it was over very suddenly. And it was somebody that I like really connected with um, as a friend because I, I decided that I was going to do this experiment where I wouldn't sleep with somebody for a month and I would just get to know them. So it built this friendship and I was really excited and I really genuinely still like him as a human being. Um, but that ended really abruptly and I was kind of like, he did everything right. So I was very confused and I tried to look back and think like, okay, how, you know, I always like to think without being self-critical, but like, what can I do better the next time? And like, and I couldn't really find anything. And so it was very confusing and it felt very whiplashy. Um, and I think I felt at least for the first month of processing that, like how am I supposed to trust anyone if this person did everything right? And like, I'd never been treated better. And it was all of those things. Um, and so I was a little like pessimistic and I took a few months to heal. And then I got back on the, the good old apps. Um, and, uh, I met someone recently. It's very new, like first month. Um, but I really, really like him and like, we both do the same thing. So I feel like we understand each other. Um, and he has that ability to like stop time for me. And it's, it's a great lesson that like, after the last one, I was like, no one's going to understand me again. Like, how will I ever connect? And I found someone else who understands me. So it's a beautiful gift in and of itself. And um, 
I really like this human and I think he's like well-adjusted and has a therapist and a skincare routine and like seems like very well-adjusted. Fingers crossed, there's still time. Um, But that's been interesting too because we both work um, in TV and in film and have very kind of exhausting yet fulfilling career paths. So like finding how our lives intersect has been really cool and it's been great to like like, I wouldn't necessarily say I have the time for someone, but I make time for someone. And I I feel I feel very happy and I feel very full and I feel very tired, but I do feel very full. So fingers crossed. I, I have high hopes for this one. Well, I love to hear that. And yeah, I think you definitely don't have the time, but you may, you notice that if you care about someone, you make time for them. And with him ha- like having a similar career path and doing a similar thing and understanding you, you're also seeing him make time for you. So it does... It, it gives so much like reassurance and validation that, you know, this is a hard thing, but you're both putting in the effort to make it. Percent. And I think like, you know, he's a showrunner, which is one of like the hardest jobs in television. And it's nice, like, you know, to text someone throughout the day a little bit, or it's, it's also cool. I think like the thing that actually like got him, like hooked him for me was I showed him the pitch deck for, for my TV show, which was a short that we're developing into a show, which had like, the season one overview and there's like a really amazing plot twist that I was so excited for people to read because it's so unexpected and he read it. And I think because he's also a writer, like that was the thing that like hooked him. He's like, Oh, like she's, she's on to something. Um, yeah. and I think that that, that was a fun like turning point, but it, it is cool. And it's, it's meaningful because when you don't have the time that you make the time, it means that your time is really valuable. And when you choose to spend that with somebody, it's, it's such a gift. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I want to kind of go back to what... Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. When you're dating, it can be so easy to get caught up in the stress and anxiety of every situation. Why aren't they communicating? Why didn't they text me back? Am I getting ghosted? Why is this happening again? Why can't someone commit? I've asked myself all of these questions too, more times than I can count. You wouldn't believe what happens when you approach these situations with a different mindset and focus on solutions instead of problems. I started therapy because I was so stuck on the problems in my dating life. My therapist helped me learn why I was ending up in the same situations over and over and helped me come up with a different way and a different mindset to approach dating. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. Whether you want to be a better problem solver or a better dater, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash other people today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash other people. I have to give a quick shout out to Anchor. If you don't know about Anchor, it's Spotify's podcast platform, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Trust me. Let me tell you why. First of all, it's free, and you know I love free. Second of all, their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast directly from your phone or computer. What could be easier than that? Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere else you want it played. You can also make money from your podcast, no matter how few downloads you get regularly. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hope you love today's episode. You mentioned before this like 10-day, really intense thing that ended out of nowhere. I really like that you called it a relationship and it was like six it was two months in total so like six weeks of dating and 10 days of like being officially like yeah he asked me to be his girlfriend okay so he did ask okay my point being and this is something that kind of ties into blue moon also is like there are so many times where I feel like we meet people we have developed such deep connections with people 
and it's just over a short period of time. And people are so afraid to say that like that person's an ex or like they're so afraid to be like, yeah, like it took me a few months to get over this thing that was even like shorter than that. Like, why is it taking longer to heal from something like like, actual experience? Totally. Like I also didn't expect to like be mourning that as long as I kind of did. Um, because like he ended it relatively well and then I was ghosted and the ghosting part hurt, which I think is just his avoidance. And I've just realized that like, that's how he's coping. And I have to have empathy for somebody where they are at right now, but I will happily claim him. And I have so much love for him as a person. And I hope one day we can circle back and be friends, but like blue moon, I mean, Mr. Blue moon. So the guy that inspired blue moon, blue moon is a mixture of my story and, and one of my best friend's stories. She started dating women. And so it became a queer love story, but like Mr. Blue moon was like, four dates maybe in total and after each one I would write a little bit more of the short and I actually waited to sleep with him to then write the um like a true artist then write the sex scene um and it was it was such a fantasy um I got friend zoned on the fourth date but now like we really are friends he's actually in 13 stepping I hope he is in the show we went to a concert together two weeks ago he's now like a close friend and my graphic designer. And I still think like, it's interesting now knowing somebody on a much fuller level. And I don't know if like at this moment in our lives, if we would be compatible. Um, I don't think he's like done cooking if you kind of know what I mean, but I Mm -hmm. have so much love for him as well. And there is this like kind of past life connection with him. That's very special. Um, And I guess he's acted as my muse in a lot of ways, but like I, and it's interesting because I think that the Mr. Blue Moon and and my friend that I have now are like two different people because before it was just this fantasy without any flaws and we existed like in the snow globe. And now I I see him as an entirety and care about him almost even more because I see him as like a human with flaws and, and things. Um, But it's really cool. And I'm actually, I, I really respected the way he rejected me. I had no, I never had anybody sit down with me and tell me how they were feeling and say that they weren't ready for a relationship, but they still wanted to remain friends. And I'd actually never really been friends like this with somebody that I had like, guess he's not an ex, but somebody that I'd slept with or had such an intimate connection with. So he, I really give him credit for seeing that then and respecting me enough to, you know, communicate how he felt without ghosting me. And that really laid the foundation of then, you know, six months later when I was casting 13 stepping, I was like, Oh, who would be great for this? Oh, he said he wanted to act. Let me call him up. And then now it's, you know, he's still in the mix and we're friends and yeah, that, that was a cool thing. And that he also, and I've also talked to him about this, like what, you know, I was so proud of your communication skills and what was it that made you do that? And he actually said he doesn't do that very often. And I had like idolized him for so long because of how he communicated with me, but it really made me now, like not want to ever ghost someone and that just having that basic conversation is so meaningful because you never know if somebody's going to come back in your life and really gives that other person a little bit of peace I think especially if you have 100%. a connection like that. so yeah it also sounds like it, him doing that is what allowed you to become friends and to have a real friendship and a foundation because you were able to like trust him a thousand percent like and I think that now that we are friends, I feel like he also trusts me emotionally more than he would if we were like dating in a sense, because there's a safe space and a friendship and a base level of that. And, you know, I, of course, have like fantasized about what it would be like to be with him in the future and who knows what will happen. But I thoroughly enjoy having this person in my life and he makes me 
which I think is just the golden standard for the people I want to have in my life, but makes me feel good enough in this moment, yet also wanting to be better, which is an mm-hmm. interesting kind of juxtaposition, but I always get like really fired up every time we hang out. And- I love that. Do you think that friendship that you have and, and how you are working together now and he's your graphic designer and all that, like, have you explained that situation to the person you just started seeing or to anyone else? Like, do you think somebody would view that as a threat or do you think like the right person would trust that there's I nothing to worry that, about? I think that the right person would trust that. I mean, I guess we haven't really breached that subject. I mean, I think he knows that Blue Moon was based on, some, if he stalked me at all, he knows that it's based on like some uh, true experiences. And I guess with Johnny, because I don't, that's the same. Um, I uh, I don't have a romantic relationship with him, nor do I like plan on that in the near future. And like, I think that that's pretty clear. Um, and we work together totally professionally. I hope there would be some understanding there. And I also just don't view him as an ex in a way because we never were in a full blown relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the guy I'm dating now, um, the guy that I in 13 something like have a sex scene with and make out with and have a very uh, intense scene with he and I are now best friends. I mean, someone I talk to almost every day and the guy that I'm seeing now is very well aware of that. Um, and he's, you know, he's very good looking. So I, I appreciated that my best friend isn't also with red. I think if that person trusts you, they have to trust you fully and completely. And, uh, you know, if I wanted to be with either of those guys, I would be but I don't hundred percent. That's such a good point. And I think that's something that people run into all the time where it's like, Oh, like, well, they're friends with an ex, which like, first of all, I'm not somebody who's ever been able to be friends with an ex. Like that's just, I've tried every single time and I have epically failed every Uh single time. But for people who can be, I think it takes somebody who is really trusting and who is secure enough in themselves to say like, Oh, well they're friends. They've had, they've tried. It didn't work out for whatever reason. They're friends. Now they've had the opportunity to try again if they wanted to. And this person now wants to date me instead. So that should be all you need to hear. I agree totally. And I mean, I guess, you know, Mr. Blue Moon or Johnny, like, because he doesn't count as an ex, it's maybe a little different. Like as far as like, I can think of, you know, I've had a handful of boyfriends, but like two long-term relationships and I would say even most of the boyfriends I have, aside from a couple of them, like I could text or call and they would pick up the phone. We're not best friends. We don't speak often, but we have a relationship where we don't hate each other, you know, even if some of them had disastrous endings. And I think, you know, specifically with um, Dusty, who's in the short, like we had a very clear conversation early on that we were not going to date each other because we were working together and that our friendship would outlast any sort of a relationship that we would have and that mm-hmm. we wanted to remain in each other's lives. And I think that it's, I don't have a lot of straight male friends. And so to have one that like I've already slept with, so I know what's at the end of that rainbow and I'm not like fantasizing about it. And another one that like I know so intimately that like, I don't think he's even ready to date right now is mm-hmm. is really kind of cool and to be able to have that male support to be able to talk about like the other guy that I'm dating that I'm really interested in and that I do see actually a future with and who is very stable and who I think is at a place in their life where they could share that with somebody else do you know what I mean um yeah so it's it's cool to balance it all 
Yeah, I think that's such a beautiful thing when you have somebody like that who you can, because you, you also know that like they're going to be honest with you. Like if you're asking them yes. for advice about another guy, like they are going to tell it to you straight up. They're going to tell you yes. how it is. And that's yes. something like our our girlfriends and as girlfriends, like we want to do that for our friends, but we're not guys. We don't have a guy's brain. And yes, every guy is different, but we can only tell someone what our thoughts to the best of our ability, like, and to have somebody of your desired sex, like able to be like, no, Anna, no, Emily, like this is what they're thinking. This is what they mean is so helpful. Entirely. Yeah. I think so too. I think it keeps it balanced and and then I think it goes both ways. Like, I think I've had conversations with, with Johnny, who's Mr. Blue Moon, about, like, girls that he's dating. And he's asked for advice. And I'm like, just be honest. Like, do what you did with me. You never know. You might work with him. They might hire you. I was like, yeah. you know, just I think honesty is always the best policy, which is a hard thing. Because I do think that, like, men never want to be the bad guy. And sometimes when they lean into that, it causes them to choose avoidance, which makes us feel ghosted. And, like, I think the biggest thing about being ghosted by the previous guy that I had developed a real bond to is it made everything feel meaningless. And it was hard to like realize like, no, maybe he meant that in that moment. And he's obviously going through something and he obviously like his means of setting a boundary in some way is to just completely avoid everything, which was, it was just a different tune as to what he was singing when we were breaking up. And so I assumed that we were going to remain friends. And when that didn't happen, I was a bit confused. Um, but who knows? We live very close to each other. So I'm sure that we'll like run into each other at some point. And who knows? Yeah, it, it is such an interesting thing. Just And I know like ghosting is now, it's like everyone's favorite buzzword in dating but like so actually I prefer because ghosting I think is actually I was just talking about this with with my head of development like ghosting isn't quite accurate because ghosts stick around I prefer the term Mm. because like if they poof they just like evaporate so we use the word poofing at public school pictures to describe that behavior so I love that you're so right that makes complete sense to me yeah and it's just it's such a mind fuck when someone does that because it's like yes like actions speak louder than words but what about all the actions before that where they made you feel really good and secure and safe and and you trusted them like how it's like well which truth do I believe like which reality is real And and then it's like can you believe both truths at once you know and like missing someone and hating them at the same time is such an interesting thing you know, oh my God. Like, yes. when you like, I remember the first, I think it was like the first three weeks, like how desperately I wanted to call him. Cause like I live in like a tall building and I can literally see where he lives from my balcony. And it felt like doing a fucking juice cleanse and like just wanting a piece of bread. Like I, every day it was like, let's just get through the fucking day. Don't call him. Don't do it. Like you got to do this for yourself. You got to like, just push through, but it's the withdrawals are also kind of real. Um, and I think the shock, cause I like, you know, we had had plans and like, I saw myself being a part of this person and their family and like, you know, it seemed as if we were very compatible. So I was just very confused. And again, I'd yeah. never been treated better. So I was like, well, fuck. You right. Know? Yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I do like what you said. And, and I, I really admire and respect what you said kind of in the beginning though, about the situation where you were trying to figure out like, what did you do wrong? Like, what could you have done differently? And you were yeah. like, no, I, I, there was nothing like you did everything right and everything was right. And this had nothing to do with you. I think so. I mean, yeah. I mean, I still on some level and maybe it's a trauma response feel like 
there are things I could have done differently. Like there's nothing that quite stands out. Like we never got into a fight. We never said anything harsh. I mean, even when he was breaking up with me, I was like, are you okay? Like, I feel such empathy for you that you have to like cut someone out of your life who genuinely cares about you. Like this must be really hard for you. Um, I think that it was just tough all around because again, I developed this friendship and like, didn't want to lose this person. Um, even if we weren't going to be romantic. And so I think losing the person who had like become my best friend and to become the person that like I had called when I had good news and he was also a writer. So there was similarities and, you know, we shared the same doctor and the same chiropractor and the same dentist. And it was just like, it was all very wrapped up into one. Um, And I felt kind of, even after we broke up, constantly reminded by him in some way, you know, because like Mm -hmm. I drive past the street almost every day. Um, but then I think through speaking about it to girlfriends, to friends, through just like processing and realizing that like, it's unfair to me to expect something out of someone that they can't give me. And like, at least he ended it then. And to then process that and then meet someone else that it's like, oh, I'm so glad I went through that so I could get to this. You know, like, I think that I did learn something then. And I think that I think what I learned from Mr. 10 Days was just to be like cautiously optimistic and take things slow and like to not really fully buy into like grandiose promises and realize that you are still kind of in like the love drug phase. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm really taking it slow now. (laughs) I'm trying. You're doing your best. That's all you can do. I'm, I'm trying to like be mindful, but also not stop anything that's naturally occurring. Like I, I went to New York over the weekend and so we didn't see each other. And I thought that that was really healthy. And it was, it was an interesting test to see like, okay, how am I still going to think about this person when I'm gone? And like, how are we going to balance, you know, me on vacation with my friends? Like, what is our texting relationship going? Like, how, how are we going to do all of this? And it really, it worked out quite nicely. And I was excited to call him at the end of the day, you know, when I was showered and in bed, um, obviously because of the time change, but like, it made me miss him and, and it was really great. And So I think now for me, I'm just trying to figure out how to balance like the beginnings of what I hope will be a relationship, right? Which is like all of the highs and you want to spend every moment together, which we can't thank God because we both have jobs Um, or else I think we totally would balancing that while not letting my career suffer while still like exercising and maintaining friends and like balancing all of the things that's, that's what I'm trying to do right now. And uh, it's interesting. I'm working on it. I don't think anybody ever does it perfectly. And I, and I, my mom said to me today, like, you can't be everything every day. And I think I was trying to, and I was failing at that, which is why I was so disappointed. And so I think picking your days of, at least because I do so many things, like picking the days in which I do certain things and like taking a day for myself or taking a night for myself or balancing all of that. Yeah. 100%. I think that's something even for people who just like work a nine to five, like even it's still it's like, you have you have to like, you go to therapy, go to the gym, grocery shop, like take care of your dog, like whatever it is, like we all have a million different responsibilities. But at the same time, we're a friend, we're a sibling, we're a daughter, a son, like a cousin, like we have a million things that we have to do. And it is so hard to do everything. And so even the fact that it's on your mind of like trying to balance and take time for yourself, like that shows that you're doing your best to do it. 
um, in the best way. So appreciated. I mean, I think that that's a lesson from past relationships. I think the first serious relationship that I got into, I knew him for three weeks and then we both had separate, but like conjoined traumas that happened. And so we trauma bonded and we're together like a year and I got a house and we lived together and we were good people, but not good for each other. And I think it was very toxic at the end, but I think I like had fully absorbed myself into his life and lost a lot of myself. And so when it ended, I felt like so far from who I was that it took months to regain my sense of self. And I was like, never again, will I do this? I have to maintain my own existence. And then I think in the second relationship, the serious one that I had, um, which was kind of, I really think like my first love and I still love him very much, but I think we were just too young for the relationship that we wanted to have. And like, it was only going to go to marriage and we both were only 23 and 24. So that wasn't quite the right timing. But I think like, if that relationship would have worked, I think I very much would have been, I don't know if I could have had my own career. I think he very much had his life and his career and I would have been a part of that, if that makes sense. And he was always very supportive, but I just imagined maybe a little bit more of a conventional gender role. Um, and uh, I don't know if I would have been happy with that. And again, I don't, I don't, I wasn't doing this at that time. You know, I was acting and I had more time on my hands and I very much could be much more of a part of his world. And I mean, even to this day, some of his best friends are my best friends and I've maintained, you know, pieces of him in some way. And we still text occasionally. Um, but I think just trying to maintain that sense of self within a relationship, because I thought that every, the moment I lost that was the moment I lost the relationship and the moment it became not good for me. And, you know, I don't, I think when I was modeling and like a teenager, A, you don't really like have too big of plans about your future. You're not too much of a forward thinker, but like, I always just imagined that I would just like get married and that would be it. And I would like have kids and like, like that would be my life and I wouldn't need to worry about much. And then I think, you know, having the second serious relationship where like that could have been that possibility and that ending, I really thought like, okay, well, who do I want to be and what do I want to do? And I want to have this thing that is separate from somebody else because, you know, I'm a child of divorce and, and I obviously don't want that, but if it happens, like I still want to have a sense of self, you know, and I don't want to lose that. And I don't want to be just anybody's wife. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, like having my own identity gave me a sense of purpose, at least now, like now I have, I really have my own shit going and, you know, I really have to leave someone's home at six 30 in the morning, you know, like that's when I do my walk of shame because I have a whole day of work to do. And I told him and I told myself that like, if I ever start to neglect my job or my life, like that's when I have to pull back on this thing. Like this thing should serve my life and, and, and not really drain me. And of course I get drained me of energy at times, but the cool thing about the person I'm seeing now is that same uh, concoction of accepting me as I am yet making me want to be better. And I think because he's running a hit TV show, it motivates me to like also want to have my own hit TV show, um, which I for sure will, but it's, it's fun to have someone who's doing something that I want to do, you know, and be yeah. able to learn from them. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing all of that. I, can definitely relate to what you said about like losing your sense of self and losing your independence and like individuality in a relationship. And that's something that I went through a few years ago. And I knew that I was in a really bad place. Yeah, but I didn't really understand why I didn't understand how to get out of it, how to become my own person again. And 
obviously you've learned so much since then. Yeah. And, and so have I, and there's so much in hindsight, but I'm curious from your experience in that relationship to anyone who's listening now who might be in a similar situation or going down that path, like what do you think are some kind of signs to look out for that, you know, you're making like your life is becoming about them. You're just a passenger in their car and like your relationship isn't necessarily a relationship. It's more just like you're there for them and and you're not even being your own person anymore. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, If you are anything like me and you are going on a date, you're probably like nervous, but also excited, but just like really want to have a good time. Don't want to screw anything up. And you get like the pre-date jitters. Um, For me, there were two things that I would do to help with those pre-date jitters. I would always call a friend for a little pump up speech. And I would also take a happy gummy from Mindset Wellness CBD before my date. It would help me stay in the right mood, being excited, being present, but it would also take away that layer of nerves that was going to stop me from being my best self on the date. I love the happy gummies. They are incredible. They taste great. They don't make you feel high or anything like that. They just make you feel like the best version of yourself. So try them today. Definitely recommend trying them before a date. MindsetWellnessCBD.com. Use code seeing other people at checkout. That will get you 20% off and free shipping. You know, I moved to his side of town away from my friend. So that was kind of the first step of isolation. I think I also, we both were also going through severe trauma. And so there was self-isolation in that as well anyways. And, but we kind of isolated together. And I think that we both were experiencing so much pain already that like to add more pain on top of it. I think that we thought we just couldn't bear it. And I think we really loved the ideas of each other. He was a writer and director. He was an actress. Like he was, you know, very stylish and I was very into that. And he was very charming and a writer. So he was quite good with his words. And I loved his friends. And I think I started to find myself spending more time with his friends because we lived on that side of town. Um, and then I think I started to see me alter things about myself to be more about or to be more of someone that he liked. And I noticed he would start criticizing things about me. Um, And now in hindsight, I realized like he loved me, but he didn't really like anything about me. Maybe we truly weren't compatible, but maybe we so desperately wanted the ideas of each other. And I think for me coming from a chaotic childhood, like all I ever wanted was somebody to love me and someone to have a family with. And so when I found that person, I didn't want to let go of that. And I was scared I wasn't going to find it again. And I think he very much had a similar feeling. And so we kind of clung to each other. And I mean, the first thing, I mean, I think I broke up with him right before we were supposed to move into the house. And then we got back together because I like wept. And I mean, it was like multiple times. And he would finally, um, had gone to like some retreat in Tijuana and to like try to process some of the trauma that I, that I was going through and I was coming off Xanax, which if anyone ever's done that, it's, it's a nightmare. Um, and I came back and, you know, everything seemed great. And, and then the next day he sat me down on the couch and broke up with me. I actually should sage my couch because I'm thinking about the amount of times people have like sat me down. And um, broken up with you. <laughs> I'm like, if I hear the word, we need to talk. I'm, I'm running. Um, but I think I, when you start to notice that you change habits about yourself, And then like, when you talk, like when what you have to say about them to your friends or the people around you is more negative than positive, that's probably a sign. And like, 
my anxiety was through the roof. We were also renovating a house and living there, which is a freaking nightmare. But for me, I noticed that like, you know, I, I stopped using substances and different things when I was much younger, but like my relationship with food is something I've always had to work on since I was a kid and, you know, modeling didn't help that. So when I noticed that that starts to go, it's kind of like, okay, we need to check ourselves and something needs to happen. And I think when your mom or the people around you start inquiring instead of pushing them away, which is a very natural thing to do, like just take a beat and listen. But it was interesting because my mom and my dad stayed married much longer than I think they should have. And I always, I never could understand that until I was in this relationship and I then understood why she stayed. And I, and I could understand how hard it is to leave someone that becomes like a part of you that you become enmeshed with and, you know, living together, he would coach me on my auditions. Like it was very it was part of each other's families. It was, it was intense. And I thank him from the bottom of my heart for leaving me the day after I got back from a Tijuana wellness center um, because it was the lowest point of my life, but I had to stand up and I got myself together. And I think that you should, if you can get the, the dysfunctional relationships out of the way early, it's a good thing. Cause then you can learn as much as you can. And I am, um, he gave me his therapist who's now been the greatest gift and I love her dearly. And I've gotten some great friends from that relationship. I kind of try to take something from each one or a person or a lesson. Um, and as, as difficult as it was, what we went through together, I very much honor. And I don't know if I would have wanted to go through it with anybody else. And so, yeah. I love how, first of all, how much you've learned and, and how you're able to talk about that experience and, and still think, you know, highly of him and, and still yeah. appreciate so many things that you gained from it. Cause that's not an easy thing to do. And I really like oh, totally agree with what you said. Like if your friends, if your family is coming to you, like with concern, like take a beat and, and pay attention to that because I've been on both sides of that. I've had everyone in my life come to me and, and say that they're concerned yeah. and me totally push them away and be like, well, you don't know what it's like when right. it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. me and him together. Like you're not there. You don't know how it is, but it's not easy for them to come to you. You know, I've been on that side where I've had to go to friends and say like, I'm concerned or like, are, are you okay? Like I'm here if you need, I, I don't know that you're in a good situation and that's been incredibly hard. So if they are doing yeah. that, there's usually a reason and they can right. sometimes see things that you can't, especially when, you know, you really want a situation to work. And, so and, and I totally understand that. And I think something that just popped up for me is like, when your significant other is your source of emotional regulation, there's a problem because I think we became each other's drug. And I yeah. think that's when there was a real problem. And I think, you know, if I now was in something, the way I'd want somebody to approach it is just like, you know, I love you. I see you. I'm here for you. There are things that I'm seeing that, you know, make me uncomfortable. And I just want you to know that. And if you ever want to speak, I'm here, but I support you wholeheartedly. And I've actually, I, I was, I had gotten into a friendship and I had like three people in my life who were very significant to me, tell me that they were worried about this individual. And it really, you know, made me check, you know, the friendship. And I'm now no longer friends with that person because I trust these people so much. Um, so I think there's that, like just taking it in and it's hard not to get, to, I think when you get defensive of other people commenting, I think that's also a red flag. You know, when, when you have to feel like you have to justify their behavior, like, oh, you don't know them. It's probably not a great sign. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly in line with what you were saying about like, if you notice yourself talking negatively about the person or the yes. situation you're in, like the hundred percent, the same thing. Like if you're being defensive, if you're having to justify like, Oh no, but like you guys didn't hear what he said to me the other day or like start, if you start sending yeah. screenshots of like the nice things they're saying just yeah. to show that there's good too, like in addition to the bad, like that's a bad sign. I think so too. And I think I probably read this or heard this somewhere, so I'm not going to take credit for it. But like when you're more in love with the memories than the person in front of you, because like the first three weeks that we dated, which is they generally are, was like magic and it was great. And then like shit literally hit the fan. Um, And it was never, I don't think we've ever really been the same people since those events. So, you know what? He held me when I couldn't hold myself. And for that, I'm, you know, forever grateful. So. Yeah. 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 I, I'm right there with you on that. And I, I've had experiences too, where I I love that quote. Um, and like you try and hold on to the, the good things, but you can't live your life because of those few things, because of how good it used to be, because what matters is now and what matters is the future and you taking care of yourself and prioritizing yourself. And there is somebody out there where it's not just going to be memories. It's going to be today and exactly. yesterday and tomorrow. And I think just holding on to that hope because that can sometimes get lost. And, you know, the irony is, is that when I wanted to make Blue Moon, I obviously knew nothing. And he's a writer and director and has done features. And so I called him. He was the first person I called. And he was the one who gave me the advice of who all I needed to hire and what I needed to do. So, you know, he keeps giving in some way. Um yeah, I love it. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about dating after addiction and how yeah. that has been. I know we've kind of touched on a few different things here um, about yeah. what you've been through. Um, but I can imagine I mean, my whole thing, especially with the show is like, we've all been through shit. And yeah. so we all have to date based on what works for us because of what we've been through. And yes. addiction is not something that I've covered yet. So I yes. would love to hear more of your experience and, and how it's maybe impacted the way you date or things that you look for or look to yeah. avoid when you're meeting people. I think for me, so I guess what I want to say first is that I guess when I when I speak about addiction, it's, it's just largely based on my own experiences, right? Like I'm not a doctor yes. or anything and these are just my own thoughts and opinions. And for me, like I always looked at it less of addiction and more of like dysfunctional emotional regulation that like I was never given tools. I also started working at like 13. I was like, you know, there's a bit of a child star syndrome there. And absolutely. But I just, you know, my parents did their best, but I just, I didn't have a lot of tools to emotionally regulate. And I was also on my own. So I didn't have really much guidance and, uh, came from a chaotic childhood and and definitely did not have a therapist or know how to process that. And then started going out and drugs and alcohol were readily available and free and everybody around me was doing them. And that became my medicine until, you know, it couldn't be anymore because I wasn't, it probably wouldn't have lived much longer. And I um, was in a film called newness that went to Sundance. um, And I was at Sundance in the audience and all of my dreams were coming true. And I had like a stylist and an agent and then did the red carpet and all of these things. And, Um, I felt so lonely and empty and hollow and didn't remember a night that I hadn't drank myself to sleep. And and I went back to the hotel and had an existential crisis and realized I needed to like get myself together or else I was really never going to be happy. And I didn't really see much of a future for myself. So also I think the the Amy Winehouse documentary like really got me. Um, And 
I just knew that I had a lot to give the world and I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, have that in prematurely because I couldn't learn how to feel my feelings, um, which was also a process and it took time. And so I kind of slowly got off of things one by one. Um, and I definitely think that when I was younger, like I used men for sure. Um, especially when I was a teenager, because I didn't like, I didn't go to high school. So I didn't have a typical upbringing or a typical relationship to boys. So the, the people I were meeting were in New York. And I think I craved love and affection because I wasn't with my family. And so I was definitely like, I would sport date, you know? Uh, and, um, and then I think, after the first relationship where I really feel like we were addicted to each other, I I made a very conscious decision to be very aware of that sensation and that feeling. Um, And this difference between feeling emotionally addicted to somebody in love. And I think there is a very distinct difference. I feel like, you know, I conquered really every mountain except for the food one. And when I was, you know, using different substances the food issue kind of was quiet because there were all of these other things taking the place and then that left and then this is like the last thing to deal with which is also the hardest one to deal with because you have to eat every day right and like I'm also in entertainment and like what I look like is also part of my job and it's all kind of complicated and I was a chubby child who got made fun of and I think I will forever be that person on the inside but I think that now what I notice that like well, what I crave, and I've, I've commented this to um, the new men in my life, that like due to my brand of trauma, I really crave consistency. Like I really need consistency. Like slight changes in behavior are normal. Swings in behavior are not normal. And I don't want to have to worry if I'm going to hear back from you. You know, I, I really crave that consistency because that makes me feel safe. I've really tried to learn how to surrender not knowing the outcome to things because I think I really like controlling things, which is also a drama response. So I think kind of letting go and letting God in those senses. But then also, you know, like I don't need someone who's sober, but I definitely need someone that like when they do drink doesn't get to a point where I feel like we're on two different wavelengths. You know what I mean? And that like, I think I'm very aware, especially working on the show now, like, I'm really learning so much about alcohol addiction specifically, like just kind of noticing the signs of like, is someone emotionally regulating with this substance? Are they emotionally regulating with me? Am I emotionally regulating with them? Like, how do you, how do you balance the things? And I think like, I try early on. I mean, I guess early on people know that I don't drink because if somebody asks me to drink, I'll go, but I'll just get like a soda water. You know what I mean? Um, But it's never been something where like, nobody can do things around me because again, I don't really feel like for me personally, the substances were the problem. They were just the bandaid. Um, and I've dealt with a lot of those issues. Um, but I think because I don't use substances, like I feel every feeling. And so I'm much more aware about how my nervous system feels around somebody. And I think that's really important. Like I need to feel at ease and, and I think there, there's nothing to like mask any of my feelings. And I think having really clear communication is very important to me and not holding things in. Like I like to express what I call like my fear thoughts. So if I'm having a thought about something, say like, hey, I'm having this fear thought, like let's talk about it so it can kind of dissolve and go out into the ether because a lot of them aren't entirely rational. They're meaningful and they're valid, but they're not always rational. And a lot of times we project past experiences onto our present partner. So I think 
being what I call like soberish now has forced me to just be like extraordinarily communicative and very present with the person I'm with and just very observant. And I feel like it's so much better because I was choosing like a lot of the wrong people who didn't appreciate me. And I think took advantage of maybe my sense of naiveness and age and just didn't really have any care to get to know who I was. So I think it's much, much better now for sure. I like, I have to applaud you and and I hope you're really proud of yourself for how much you've been able to learn yourself and know yourself. And I, that's something that is so hard to do, but I'm sure that this, that this journey you've been on since you started to do this, like has made you such a stronger person and made you feel so much more confident in yourself and in trusting your gut. And yes, sometimes it, it can be really painful and really hard and really scary to feel those feelings and emotions. But I feel like just, just hearing you talk about it, like you are so self-aware and you're so knowledgeable about the fact that like you need to know how you're feeling and you need to pay attention and you know that you need to speak up about certain things and like there's literally like 25 people right now like listening to you say everything that I just want to send this episode to like I want to put it out tomorrow because I know they need to hear it because people are so afraid to communicate their needs and we're in this like cultural moment of like having needs is needy and that's so fucking not true I I totally agree and I think like you know an example of a fear thought that I just had is now with this person that I've been seeing for about a month now and we just recently slept together and I remember speaking to him before saying that like for me at least there's this thing that happens when I sleep with you that like I now like you more after this thing has happened there's this like attachment chemical which I actually think is like a scientific fact that like happens and I was like I just I just want you to be aware of that you know, like this is my fear thought is because I've been told as a young woman that the moment you give someone sex, that's all that they want and it's over, right? The, they, the chase has ended and it's done. And I just had to get that out. And of course he like was very thoughtful and listened to my fear thought and it dissolved and we're still talking and it, it you know, it hasn't changed anything. And then even having a fear thought that like, okay, if I sleep with him, like, and I definitely don't think it's just about the sex, but like, I've also been objectified for most of my life. And like, I don't want this to be just about sex. And sometimes it can be just about sex. And I've had those relationships too, but that's not what I want out of this one. Um, and I expressed that fear thought last night and he was super open and um, made me feel uh, heard and um, validated and that like my thought was real, but that like, that's not his reality, which was really great. And I feel like because he also has a therapist, um, maybe he he knows how to communicate. I recommend a therapist for everybody, truly. 100%, absolutely. Learning how to communicate is everything and it's so attractive. Um, And I mean, even like I remember when Johnny was sitting on my couch communicating to me that he just wanted to be friends. I, I told him, I was like, it's really hard to focus right now because your communication skills just make me want to like make out with you. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like, they make you, it makes you like them I'm more like, when they tell you that they don't want to keep seeing you. And it's like, but you're telling me and now I'm I want you even more. Your communication skills are so sexy. Like you just like, yeah. Sh- 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 yeah. Um, and hold so that thought. <laughs> yeah. Hold that thought. Um, and then I think also just like having someone who's like, 
I may decide to have a drink in the future. I don't know what that looks like. I know that when I was drinking, I was a sad drunk and I had lots to drink for. And there may become a time in my life where I can do that. I don't know. I haven't, for me, black and white thinking feels very like treacherous and overwhelming. So I try not to think of things like that because life is not in black and white. But I definitely want someone who like doesn't make me feel other because I don't do these things. Like, you know, the guy that I'm seeing now, like he'll have a couple of drinks at dinner and I still feel like I'm talking to him. You know what I mean? Right. It doesn't, it doesn't alter our state of communication and I fully want him to be able to enjoy himself as well. So I think just not being treated like a flight risk or other, or like there's something wrong with me. Like the lack of judgment is, is greatly appreciated and, and very much needed and a necessity, I think in any relationship. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's so amazing that you've been able to communicate these things to him because not only does that, reassure you like him listening like you see him listening you see him like reacting to it and 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 digesting it and kind of responding in whatever way he is but it reassures you that communicating with him is something that you can do and something that is safe to do and it also this like the same thing about like communicating your fears is that gives the other person a a chance to show you who they really are a thousand percent and then I think it makes you feel safe which is such a necessity and then that also goes into like your sex life like I think it's only been even the last two years that I was able to like have an orgasm during sex because I felt even comfortable like communicating what I wanted you know what I mean and and feeling open and safe enough to do that and safe enough to explore because I think like the first handful of years I was just like replicating everything I had seen in porn or in movies and like what I thought I should sound like and what I thought they liked and it had nothing still you know a fun activity, but like had nothing to do with me, you know? And I think like safety in the communication level really then translates into every other aspect of being with somebody, you know? So. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Emily. This has been so, so incredible. I, also just need to, I know I talked about this in the intro, but you guys, if you need to go watch Blue Moon and 13 Stepping, they are both so incredible. And I, I'm so impressed by just like the emotion that's in both of them. And I am so excited to see what happens in the future with them. Because I know big things are coming. Um, Before I let you go, I have one last question. And that is, what is the best piece of dating advice you've ever received? Ah. It's it's a poem that I'm going to butcher from Rupi Kaur, who's an amazing poet that I love. And she's brilliant. But it's like, marry the man you want your son to be. And that always stuck with me. It's in one of her books, maybe Milk and Honey. I'm not sure. Um, but that always, that stuck with me. So. I really love that. Emily, thank you so much. Where can everybody find you? Yes. So I'm at Emily Rule on Instagram and that's Emily R-U-H-L. And then there's at Public School Pictures on Instagram. Um, and you can watch Blue Moon on the Public School Pictures website, on bluemoontheshort.com, on Vimeo. And then the 13th Stepping um, trailer is on the Public School Pictures website. It's still being pushed around to festivals. So there will be updates on that. So it's not publicly available unless you buy a ticket to a festival. Um, but all of those updates you can find on my Instagram, on the Public School Pictures Instagram, and on the 13th Stepping Instagram. So 
Amazing. Emily, thank you again. And to everyone who listened, do not forget, there is a friend you have that needs to hear this episode. I know it. You know it too. Send this to that friend. Send it to the group chat. Send it to a coworker, your cousin, whoever it is. And if you loved it, share it on your Instagram story. Tag Emily. Tag seeing other people. And don't forget to give a five-star rating and review. And yes, seriously, go check out Blue Moon. Like You guys need to see it. You need to see it. And I will link everything in the show notes. And when when we can have everyone see 13 stepping i, I will so also exciting. share that a year and a half of development and then hopefully you'll see us on amazing it's, it's awesome. incredible thank you so much and to everyone who tuned in i will see you guys next week